Thank you for listening in right now. Glad to have you here. My name is Nyla, and this is Greener Thoughts. I help you understand the environment today so you can experience a greener life. Let's connect online. You can reach Greener Thoughts by voice message. The anchor.fm link is in each episode's show notes. You can do so via the Anchor app or by email at greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Headlines from the hemispheres, as you know, is our next segment up because there aren't any environmental announcements or special announcements that I want to get to talking about in this podcast episode. So we're going to just start up with uh, an amazing headline uh, out of Brazil. So Total resigned from role as operator of Brazil offshore oil project. Reuters.com had that story, and again, this is out of Brazil. The French energy group Total, which I didn't even know was an energy group, much less the name, they actually aren't going to be operating and exploring this swath of uh, blocks in the basin of the Foz do Amazonas Basin. It's about 120 kilometers offshore of Brazil. And it's a good thing, but uh, geologists, they also have uh, talked about this, saying that the area that they have avoided contains 14 billion barrels of petroleum, and that's more than the entire reserve uh, profile of Mexico. So it's a, it's a good thing that they're not exploring that region of the basin, though also environmentalists, they also talk about that they have um, pushed for um, exploration of that part of the area to be uh, done with and to not even go forth, mainly because it's a sizable reef uh, not too far off the shore of Brazil. The other headline is out of uh, uh, Singapore and also Wuhan, China. There's a little bit of information from there and also the U.S. And it's about plastic waste during the coronavirus. So accumulation of plastic waste during COVID-19 and sciencemag.org had this story. It's an online magazine. I love it because it is all about science news specifically, and the archives go back decades. So if you want to find a locked and unlocked articles from their online archives, then that's the place to go to. So this uh, story kind of spoke out to me because... I am uh, someone who always wants to uh, try and divert as much waste as possible from the landfills, like trying to live zero waste. Like that's my mission. And that's one of the things that I think is um, really important to me. And my blood pressure was raised, you know, just thinking about the amount of plastic waste that is being uh, dumped into landfills and it is being expired and not usable anymore after the purpose uh, of using it to protect your face uh, from spread of the coronavirus. 
And in places like China, where the production has soared, there are plenty of different types of people, population groups, you know, the general public from everyone from caseworkers to service workers that are using single-use face masks. And their production of them has soared. It went from 116 million per day back in February 2020. Uh, and that's up from 12 times the usual quantity. So that would probably be uh, 12 million It would be the usual because that's closest near 144. So that's a, a, a for 144 million. That is a lot of face masks. The World Health Organization has, you know, picked up on these numbers and they've actually requested that there be a 40% escalation of disposable PPE production, which makes sense. You know, we can't sustain uh, our, our landfills and our open spaces this way if the insurmountable uh, waste produced by plastic usage uh, doesn't uh, decrease in the years and months to come. If, for example, the uh, global population had adhered to even using just one disposable face mask per day, even after the lockdowns and restrictions were ending, then the pandemic would result in entirely so much waste, about 129 billion face masks and 69 billion gloves. That's on a global perspective as far as consumption. Now, hospitals in Wuhan, China, they were definitely the center of the coronavirus outbreak. That's where it started. And they produced so much uh, plastic-based medical waste, about 240 tons of it they were producing uh, uh, per day at the peak and height of the pandemic. They produced things like disposable face masks and gloves and gowns, and that's six times more than the daily average before the coronavirus even started. So there have been many observations about the numbers of plastic waste um, in the months that have you know, been happening since the start of the coronavirus. And even places like in Singapore, they've had to uh, cut down, you know, they, they've had plastic uh, packaged um, uh, revolved around uh, these uh, takeout meals and delivery uh, groceries and things like that have contributed to uh, 1,400 tons of plastic waste during uh, Singapore's eight-week lockdown when they were locked down. I'm not sure about the restrictions now. They probably lifted a few of them. But in essence, improper disposal of even just 1% of face masks translates to more than 10 million items, weighing 30,000 to 40,000 kilograms. And then lastly is the headline out of Brazil again, but uh, this time uh, it is about the Amazon tribes and a notable defender, someone who's been a proponent uh, and, a, and a, a, a person who's been in the environmental struggle for a long time. They were killed recently. So defender of Amazon tribes killed in Brazil NPR.org has a story, and again, this is out of Brazil. It's been a while since I've talked about a story out of uh, NPR.org, but I finally found an international story to bring to you, and it's some sad and unfortunate news. As many of you may know or maybe don't know, um, just as a fact, that Brazil is one of the, um, the highest uh, rated places in the world, countries in the world where environmentalists are killed, either they're reporters or undercover journalists or activists or environmentalists, just plainly. And that's what they've been doing for the entirety of 
you know, growing up in Brazil or maybe living in Brazil or those who are native to Brazil, people are being killed because they care about protecting the Amazon rainforest and Brazil and their way of life. Uh, mostly, you know, those who are native, uh, indigenous to Brazil, they want to protect, you know, where they live and, and how they live. So uh, it's dangerous to, to be in Brazil. And unfortunately, there was the death of a leading expert on um, uncontacted uh, tribes in the Amazon. He's, he's big in the community of uh, the native and indigenous people. And he was killed when an arrow struck him in the chest. Now, friends of Mr. Riley Francisco, he says that he died inside the rainforest while he was on a mission and he really was um, one to shield like indigenous groups from uh, people who are outsiders so that they wouldn't be harmed. You know, there's no contact there, you know, there's spread of, you know, virus and other illnesses because the indigenous native peoples, they don't have the immunities, um, you know, encountering people who are outside their tribe and things like that. So he was about 56 years old and his career was spent all in the Brazilian government, in indigenous affairs, that agency. And he was tireless in his work with these isolated indigenous groups and protecting their forested lands. And his death re reinforces um, concerns to many about the policies uh, pursued by Brazil's president, Jair um, Bolsonaro, who I've talked on before, uh, mainly uh, during the um, fires um, in the um, Amazon rainforest and disasters there and ways to help. I did a podcast episode about it, um, but there's just more um more reporting and more information that needs to be out about integrating um, indigenous um, tribes in their ways of life and such into the broader uh, Brazilian society. And, you know, um, he's doing that, the, the Brazilian president, Bolsonaro, but he also, in turn, also wants to exploit the Amazon's natural resources. And that's really bad news. The news from this podcast episode is mainly from Environmental News Network. ENN.com is the website for it. And of course, it's about the coronavirus. I do happen to have a few uh, podcast episodes in the back catalog about the coronavirus. And we're going to uh, talk about some of the perceptions about the coronavirus and even activities that have dwindled or maybe have increased and in public opinion research uh, across the pond uh, from uh, Brits and, and those who um, you know, really want to share what they've cared about and what they've, what they've done with their time and how the coronavirus has affected them. You know, being inside um, uh, people working from home or maybe traveling less and not being able to see their friends and family, worrying about their health too and sort of shifting their value system a little bit um, and, and adopting a new normal, things have changed. And so we're going to look at, you know, what has um, uh, been different with people, you know, since the pandemic started. How has climate change um, been uh, a food for thought? Has it even been on the radar? Has uh, health uh, taken uh, precedence over everything else? Which makes sense, but there are other things too. Have energy consumption patterns dwindled or increased? 
uh, travel, food stability, things that you uh, consider uh, valuable to you. We're going to look at all these things and uh, also learn some ways that we can relieve ourselves from some of the stress of living in this pandemic because it's going to be this way for more months and possibly, you know, years a little bit down the line. So we're going to focus on public concerns, the coronavirus, and climate action. All these things are connected. And the focus of the uh, research was out of uh, Cardiff University and the University of Manchester. And they were looking at uh, Brits, um, British, the British um, uh, population there, and their lifestyle choices that they've adopted since the lockdown. And they looked at two different uh, varying surveys of um, big swaths of population groups and their numbers. So these were out of the UK Center for Climate and Social Transformation, or CAST, and they uh, suggested that um, the, what Cardiff University had first um, theorized were th- was that during the lockdown that people's habit- habits would be, uh, you know, essentially flips flipped upside down. You know, that means buying less, traveling less, uh, reducing their energy use, and also cutting down on food waste and many other things. There were some surprises, and one of them was that the public's concern over climate change had increased rather than decreased since the coronavirus pandemic even started. Now let's look at some of the research and some of the survey details. So this was covered over the period of May 2020 and had almost 2,000 respondents. It had 1,800 respondents who took the survey. And the research was to draw the impact of, again, uh, lifestyle choices in the time of the coronavirus that we're, living in, that we're living in and their attitudes on climate change and a few other things. So one of the first things that they learned is that there was a uh, intention to reduce the amount of flying for things like the holiday or even after the coronavirus uh, pandemic post uh, lockdown. So when restrictions are lifted, there was about 47% saying that they would reduce their need to fly or want to fly than uh, those who plan to increase their amount of flying, that was about 8.3%. And then for those who wanted to go back to their levels of flight usage, even before the coronavirus lockdown, that was about 45%. Number two is that the majority of the people definitely plan to use public transportation less after the lockdown, which makes sense. You know, they don't want to be around uh, huge uh, population crowds. They don't want to be, you know, in spaces where people are definitely going to be maybe more vulnerable, you know, in close quarters. And about 52% of people said that they would use transportation less uh, after the lockdown, definitely, than compared to before, with only 4.9%, almost 5%, intending to increase their use of transportation uh, publicly. Number three was that they found that online food shopping more than doubled from 12% to 25% during that period that they studied in May. And that number four, there was um, notable reductions in food waste being reported from uh, those that were practicing that. About 92% to 84% 
uh, and there was an increase in uh, reducing waste around uh, things like meal planning, which is great, and also freezing and preserving their foods. Now, also, they noted two other things as well. Number five are that during the lockdown, those who weren't, they weren't too, some of the participants and respondents, they weren't too um, focused on spending money on things like clothes and footwear, which kind of makes sense, you know, because if you're not um, such a consumer that you're, you know, willing to spend the, the money that you work so hard for, to you know go out dangerously during this pandemic you're probably not going to spend it you know frivolously on clothes and footwear when you don't need it 63 percent spent nothing on clothing and footwear in in march and even through may and about nine percent said they're spending nothing on uh, those things uh during the three months prior to the lockdown. So uh, people aren't spending their hard-earned money uh, trying to stay healthy and away from this virus on things like clothing and footwear. And then number six, uh, that with the participants, they definitely are concerned about their energy use, which is amazing. They are turning off their lights and unplugging unused appliances. That was up 27% uh, from now um, in, in May 2020 up from uh, 21% before the lockdown when they said that they always uh, were um, uh, doing that. And then when it comes to heating their home, they definitely set their home to lower temperatures at about 36% now, down from 47% before the lockdown, uh, heating their homes uh, in the old days uh, to at least 20 uh, degrees Celsius. So what the researchers were also um, finding or expected was that there were going to be drops in uh, climate change concerns and it wouldn't really uh, take precedence over anything else. But what they found were that, no, there were actually uh, people who were even more um, concerned about um, uh, climate change than before um, versus at the time in uh, 2008 when there was the huge financial crisis that shook the whole world, and there was a dramatic shift in even the belief of climate change. I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that back then in 2008, people were not um, as as um, passionate about learning about climate change, or maybe they weren't focused on it because they were trying to save their livelihoods and their houses and their businesses. So um, with that, you know, they found that, you know, tackling climate change was, was more feverish, uh, on their minds than ever. And during uh, August 2019, they saw that uh, the urgency of climate change action was about 74% up from 62%, seeing it as extremely high or high as a level of urgency to them, to the respondents. So that is a really great thing. Also, uh, there were um, different percentages when it comes to mitigation policies with trying to remedy and solve more uh, pressing climate change issues, uh, whether that be uh, decreases in meat consumption or even flying and transportation. Uh, and it was higher uh, during uh, the pandemic 
than it was back in uh, 2019. They felt like, uh, respectively, at 67% and at 85%, respectively, they felt that they needed to decrease their meat consumption and fly less often than in the year previous in 2019 at 53% and 67%, respectively. We will get through this coronavirus pandemic um, of all the people who've been affected in the U.S., abroad, in the 200 plus countries that are on this planet. We all are going to come together through this. It's been really difficult. There have been millions who have died um, across the world and gotten sick. And it's devastating. It's devastating to know that life as we knew it will not be the same. Whether that pertains to um, social events and engaging, whether that means your work and, you know, having to tough it through, you know, going through another, um, you know, recession. It's, it's, it's devastating. This is like the second, third one that um, I've gone through in, in my life. And, you know, I'm not even 30 yet. Like I'm, I'm literally, um, you know, praying that I find solutions and I will work to get solutions, whether that be cultivate a business, whether that be to, you know, do something that, you know, brings me even more joy and money and everything else so that I don't have to go through and worry about trying to steadily find a, another, you know, job or, or you know, get on another career track just to, you know, make up the difference because, um, you know, life is scary and there have been some 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 really tough uh, things that people have had to uh, grapple with um, in this uh, pandemic. People have lost best friends, whole families, generations. They've lost their livelihoods, sometimes their businesses. Sometimes they've had to, you know, move back home. Some people have, you know, really know where to go. Some people are homeless because of what this pandemic has done. Um, but then some people have profited off of this. Some people have gotten even richer and secured even more generational wealth uh, for themselves and their families. Um, and so that's the dichotomy that we're living in. We're living in a, in a time where um, not everyone is going to have the same opportunities. And it's, it's not because you didn't plan. It's because life happened. And that's, and that's the phrase, you know, life happens. And I always, I always think of it as a, a, a negative connotation sometimes because there's always the positive side. Sure, you do get that promotion. Sure, you are able to get that business loan or you're able to get funding and, and secured from angel donors or you are able to travel to that country or you meet your your, your love, lost love or you're able to successfully, you know, buy that house or you're able to, you know, get away and finally, you know, protect your mental health or, or whatever it is uh, that the goodness of life brings you. But there's also the, the other side that is, you know, that life is sometimes unfair, that, you know, crimes have picked up, you know, and affected people. You know, people have really suffered um, immensely. They, they've lost their parents. Maybe they, they're only sibling and they don't have too many siblings. They don't have um, other, other supports outside their family. And it's really difficult. But we will get through this. And, you know, I believe that. I know that this pandemic, this coronavirus pandemic, um, will be ongoing for, you know, maybe two, three, four years. 
Um, I'm not saying you have to put your life on hold, but I'm saying you're going to have to plan. You're going to have to, you know, put some things on, on a wait list. You're going to have to rev some things that you're going to have to, you know, make do with what you have. And as my mom would say, make do in, or as, or what my mom does say, you know, make do for what you have. And, you know, if you're living in the skinny times is then you don't have that money to go out to eat. You don't have that money right now to go get that you know, extra, um, you know, lip gloss or makeup kit or go on vacation right now. It's okay. You save those monies, you save your ducats and you wait, you know, maybe you invest in yourself, you invest in the stock market, you invest in, uh, taking care of yourself mentally, uh, physically, your health, uh, staying on top of that, you know, keeping connections with your family and friends you haven't really talked to in a while. You know, maybe you need that support. We all do. And so you want to ensure those things. And then when things pick up, as they will, as every uh, economy on earth will, eventually will, if it hasn't already robustly come back uh, to some degree, uh, you will, you know, get business soon coming through the doors. You will go ahead and be able to um, retire. You will be able to um, save for that home, you will be able to, you know, expand your family and have a baby, or you will be able to travel the world and, you know, pursue your dreams or go after your passion. But it's going to take a little bit. And right now, that little bit is right now because we're in a pandemic until this ends. The good news with the research is that the researchers, they will be conducting follow-up surveys definitely after uh, the lockdowns have lifted. So that's a good thing. And they're going to understand some of the long-term impacts of you know being inside, but also like how um, the respondents, how they are, are interpreting and going about their lives, but also focusing on things that matter when it comes to the planet, like reducing your transportation costs and your, your fuel and even emissions, things like that. So with each, with, with each of these, um, I felt like all of the things that were learned from the study were very important. From the first, when it comes to transportation, it makes sense to some degree that about 47% of people would reduce their need to fly after the lockdown, post-lockdown, because they're thinking about safety first versus those who said that before the lockdown, they would go back to their, their state. They would, you know, um, keep on flying. And to some who said that they would increase their flying, maybe they have to do it so for business or for work or maybe for leisure, for something. But it does make sense, uh, definitely some of their percentages and when it comes to things that they value. And right now, they're not valuing the Brits in that respondent and in, in those responders, um, those respondents. They're not um, putting focus on a flying, which makes sense. You know, with costs of them going up and down, or sometimes if you can get domestic cheap flights, you know, you can get what you can get. But keeping your safety first and thinking about your health of you and your family, your friends, your significant other, others, your spouses, etc. Um, you know, that's important. Uh, also, when it comes to transportation, uh, the use of public transportation, that is less. Uh, after the lockdown, they're going to intend to, of course, use less uh, public transportation, 52%, as compared to before, uh, which is which is also um, a benefit, too, because you don't, you don't have to worry about and have 
and anxiety about being in close quarters with people who you don't know, who may be um, completely absent of symptoms, be asymptomatic, or maybe be be are full fledged um, infected with the coronavirus. And as we know, this virus has mutated. There, there are different strains now, and I'm not really surprised, but that's even a scarier fact that it's it's gotten to the point where it's mutating and it's 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 cultivating and shape-shifting and modifying itself, and we have to grapple with that on top of getting the vaccines out to people and having those free and accessible for people to have and use and to trust enough to go ahead and take them. Uh, also, uh, online shopping, online food shopping has increased from 12% to 25% they talked about. That's a good thing, um, even though that also has the downside of cutting back mom and pop shops and stores that have relied or are trying to struggle and get by during this coronavirus pandemic. You know, it's easy to go on Amazon and Amazon Smile. It's it's other site, uh, similar site. It's just a a, a, a a switch of a browser extension where um, you're able to click a button and easily get your your groceries. You know you're able able to get and utilize Amazon Fresh and get your toiletries, uh, any emergency items you need, medication, food, whatever it is you need, Amazon will provide for those who trust and and ensure that Amazon will get them the the things that they need. But the mom and pop stores they need money too. They need support too. And so it would it would have been great to um, realize and know the numbers of the people who are going in stores, even just checking in, you know, and buying a few things. Maybe in, it may not be their food shopping. It may be something else, maybe for their car, maybe other types of toiletries, maybe something else, maybe shipping products or business supplies, whatever it is, but they would be in store for those things. Um, so that's something that I wish that I would have learned in this research and looking at it and reading it. Um, I love that there was um, definitely reductions in food waste. Um, That's significant. And also, um, those across the pond, they're not looking to spend and drop their hard-earned money on clothes and footwear, probably which, uh, much of which, they probably won't get a lot of use of during the pandemic unless they're doing a lot of outside work or business outside of work. And, you know, that is, it's, it's a good thing. And I, I like that um, the participants in the study, they also are, you know, utilizing that um, they have to, you know, turn off their appliances and lights and unplug those things and uh, ensure that they are always doing this. And there are different percentages about uh, their use uh, of them. So that's a good thing. Now, I want to briefly talk about some of the things that I have changed since uh, the pandemic has started and it's been going on for some time. I seldom eat out. I remember uh, when I would be working even my you know normal schedule, sometimes I would eat out every so often, even a few times a month after work. And now that's rare. I don't even do that anymore. I don't even you know go out like that about. I haven't been out for extended amount of times in, in weeks. And um, when it comes to buying toiletries or things like that, like I would definitely buy those like in bulk. And sometimes I will go um, online and buy like my soap, my bar soap in bulk or like toothpaste, sometimes replacement 
um, toothbrushes, my bamboo toothbrushes. I still have some more left. So that's not really um, too much of an issue. Um, and I, I just bought some more uh, Rayel um, toothpaste. So I'm good on that for like a year. I bought like the the pump and that's amazing. And I'm, I'm planning on after using that to switch my toothpaste. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, also, I don't really go clothes shopping a ton, so that's not really something that's changed. I go clothes shopping like maybe every three, four years because I don't really have the, the extended wardrobe um, that I want, but I have enough staples and pieces that are kind of like in my um, forever wardrobe that I can get through the seasons and know kind of what to expect. And, you know, if anything, just bring a jacket or switch out shoes if need be. And just sort of also look at the weather and uh, schedule my uh, outfit to what I want, what I'm going to wear accordingly. Now, some things that I have enjoyed and picked up actually since the pandemic has started has been yoga. I do that now every other day or so, and I also do uh, the stretching routine from Anna McNulty, and her channel is amazing on YouTube. I think she's like a, a teenager or so. She's super young, but she's super advanced in teaching like uh, skills of like yoga, but also gymnastics, cheerleading stretches and like getting the body limber. It's really calming and it's really amazing that the, the, the um, challenges that she has. And if you just search um, hashtag Anna McNulty on Instagram, for example, or check out her YouTube videos, she has amazing um, fan base, but also she knows how to stretch and to uh, really make it a slow pace and does modifiers for those who are beginners so you're not too overwhelmed and you can actually, you know, slowly but surely see results over time. Uh, also, I love that I'm able to, you know, pick up my instrument, my, my didgeridoo. I do um, practice that every so often, which I love. And I also am getting to call more friends and family. Um, definitely um, every few days or a week if I can um, and just check in on them especially my grandma and it's amazing you know just getting to you know talk with her and you know communicate that way and she's amazing and I just love that I'm able to you know share good moments like in even though the coronavirus has been such a negative in a ton of ways like there's nothing is there are positives about it because of us um, I think peeling back the layers and not absorbing so much um, uh, of technology, but kind of peeling back and taking life a bit slower. But there have been tons of negatives. But I think one of the positive things is uh, reaching out to people you care about, not worrying about haters or people, you know, taking your energy or, you know, taking from you. You are you're giving to them. You're giving something you can't. Uh, by and giving your time. Uh, I've also uh, been uh, buying audiobooks, uh, listening to tons of podcasts, which I already do already either before uh, going to bed or sleeping or cooking, um, sometimes simultaneously watching TV or writing, whatever it is I'm doing. I'm absorbing information, reading things online. I'm doing a little bit of that and also um, creating music playlists on YouTube. That's a fun thing. And that's also how you can get subscribers for those who love music and maybe 
have, you know, been trying to do something different with music, but it's not really panning out, you know, try creating a music playlist. I have one about modern dance soundtracks that I love. I have one about different exercises. I did a whole uh, playlist about like free um, uh, movies on YouTube, the ones that, of course, YouTube, YouTube will offer, of course. And, you know, it's, it's going really well. And that's how you get subscribers and you get people looking at some of the things that you've created. And lastly, I've also been making embroidery. I've, I've been doing that for like two years now. And I love it. And it's super fun. I've talked about it a little bit on the podcast. But I'm going to make a craft out of it. Start selling and really building uh, a base of, you know, people who, you know, love my crafts and want to learn more about it and see designs. And it's super fun. And, you know, I have the time to do that now. Uh, for those who have been really down about the coronavirus, I know that there are going to be, you know, more changes to come. But I also want you to examine, you know, what a new normal for you will look like post the coronavirus. You know, looking at things um, in the next two to three years again, uh, educationally, uh, what uh, impacts do you think uh, the coronavirus will have on your education? Or, you know, can you pick up a new skill or learn a, learn a new language or learn new software or uh, industry skills uh, during this time? How about your work-life balance? How is that? How is home life and working at home versus uh, the office changed? And is it different for you? Um, and is it a struggle for you or is it a positive for you? Also traveling, world plans or traveling to see friends or family or just for leisure or just, you know, to get away. How are your traveling plans? Social events, people are still trying to get married in the uh, coronavirus pandemic and people are still trying to see their family. People are still trying to have baby showers and etc. But, you know, some people aren't trying to do that, which I totally understand. It makes sense. I'm, I, I'm actually on that side of the fence. Um, because I would not be going to anybody's special engagement or, or function right now, um, unless it was dire or someone passed away in the family, but even then you can't even go to the funeral. So there are definite downsides to, um, engaging in social events during this time. And then also examining vacationing. If you're even going to go on a vacation in the next few years, is that going to have to be put off? How are you going to modify and change um, your vacation plans this year, or maybe they'll be canceled entirely. And lastly, uh, meeting family and friends and how that's going to look like after the coronavirus has passed. The Mother Earth Minutes is where we review in the next few minutes proactive things that we can go do to combat the issue in the episode and protect Mother Earth. These things will not just protect Mother Earth, but they'll they'll protect your sanity. They'll protect your well-being. They'll get you mindful and focused on whatever it is that you want to do, whatever it is that you plan to do uh, while you're trying to grapple with this coronavirus pandemic. And uh, some of these activities, I think, will try to, you know, get you through whatever it is that you may be feeling, um, whether it's been, you know, stress from maybe not having enough income coming through or a back of income or trying to realize health goals and it's been slow but you're getting there or you recently had someone pass and you want to express what you're feeling um, and you, you know, talk to your therapist 
by Skype or your friends and family, but it's still really hard and difficult, um, then I think some of these things will, you know, make things better. And that's the goal uh, of this Mother Earth Minutes here. So one of the first things uh, that's really important, I think, is for those who love books or bibliophiles. And for those who don't know, that's the love of books. Book lovers, you won't want to adopt a new book and reading a new book. I picked up a few new books. Um, I've done some about investing and some about uh, stoicism and uh, other books too about communication and relationships and like effective uh, communication and I've learned different things with all those different uh, books so you want to examine uh, you know getting a new book maybe reading something that's from a different uh, industry altogether subject matter altogether from a different author maybe you're tired of uh, putting your your head in fiction books trying to uh, put yourself in another world and maybe you want to come back to uh, what's happening in the here and now and the tangible and you want to look at you know books that are about non-fiction work or um, subject matters um, or subject matter then you you know want to examine that just go ahead and crack open a new book and you know try it and try to get through one um, as you can you know maybe it'll take you a few weeks to get through a book maybe a day but don't rush yourself just you know focus on that new book and uh, then pick up another one and then another one you can do this through audiobooks or physical books sometimes online too and uh, that's a way to you know keep track of your reading uh, it's a perfect way to you know get yourself absorbed into something uh, that you can you know really fall in love with sometimes you can really fall in love with a new book a new uh, piece of information and just go wild with it and uh, learn so many new things just by reading a book Number two is to help practice your mental health wellness. Overall, there's some easy things that you can do. Some things that I've done too, they're really calming. Whether this is journaling, sometimes uh, you can do so on your phone too. But sometimes just writing out what you need to say and what you need to do is better too. Um, you can keep these ideas to yourself or share them with others. Uh, there are people who, you know, don't uh, love sharing all their ideas with people because sometimes people may steal their ideas or, or dissuade them or they may not give them sort of the boost that they may need uh, just you know encouragement from others maybe you, you want a, a boost and they maybe aren't giving that to you which is fine sometimes you're gonna have to find that from inside so journaling is a way to, to to write down everything that you want whether it's a business idea whether it's poem or it's a poem or writing down a to-do list and maybe you have different achievements that you want to do you know before the year is out or before you know it hits your birthday or before the holiday season that's a, a way to do that um, also uh, you could uh, pick up a new hobby, whether this is something like arts and crafts, building uh, projects when it comes to um, maybe scrapbooking or building a photo album or, you know, before, like I said, with music, building music playlists. Maybe you love a certain type of music and it's rare to find it and you have to go through X amount of websites just to find the track that's even 
you know, hardly uh, able to be listened to. And maybe on YouTube, you're finding uh, different tracks uh, to a particular type of music, maybe that's, you know, almost extinct, or maybe a particular language that isn't spoken anymore, and you want to practice that, and you want others to maybe, you know, learn and engage with that, uh, you could do a playlist on your account. As long as you have a Google account, then it's tied with YouTube, and you can easily do that. Also, with practicing uh, better uh, uh, mental health, there is uh, exercising um, or relaxing. Uh, and, and that way you could take up yoga and try poses. You could do maybe yoga every day. Or if you're a beginner, maybe three times a week or two times a week, just as long as you start. That's the, that's the goal, just starting. That's, the, that's half the battle. Just waking up and starting is it. Um, and then uh, doing a little bit of searching online, maybe, or in a book. You can definitely learn uh, with yoga, for example. Uh, with YouTube, there are so many videos on YouTube, it's ridiculous. There are books on the subject. I have a, a book or two about different yoga poses. I have two specifically. And there are podcasts, too, that will kind of help you uh, be guided in meditation efforts, too. So that those are different uh, things that you could do when it comes to yoga. Number three is to detox yourself and do a detox of your consumer habits. So examine, do you frivolously spend money like it's going out of style? Do you have clothes that you haven't worn since the pandemic started? Clothes that you haven't worn, coats that you haven't worn in years? Do you have items that you that you are failing to get rid of because they're sentimental, but they are you know, maybe more baggage than you need? You know, is this from an apartment that you used to live in and you're, you you cherish the necklace that you bought on the first day living there, but it's, it's gaudy now and it's out of style or it's just cheap and tacky, but you're holding on to it because of those, the memories from when you, you know, were living your old days. Like, no, it's time to get rid of those things. Also, you know, look at the money that you're saving, uh, that you, um, you're, you're, you're not spending the money that you would have used otherwise. So by cutting back, that's a good thing. That's a bonus. That is a, a positive thing that's, that's come out of your, your financial uh, well-being um, and your, your shifting of habits as a consumer during this time. And also looking at what you're able to live without. Are you able to live without the perks of those magazine subscriptions and uh, having your nail and hair, and hair done, you know, every two weeks? And are you, you know, able to live without, um, you know, having fast food every week or, you know, several times a week? You know, those are good things to live without. It's okay, it's okay to say no. It's okay to not catch up and, and try and be the Joneses. It's okay to um, do without, especially if it's not life or death. And it's okay to say, you know what, I'm going to invest this money and something that I need. I'm going to invest this money in, you know, learning, um, you know, a trade um, that's important to me. I'm going to take this money and learn how to, um, you know, build a, a bookshelf. I'm going to take this money and, and learn how to be a better organizer. I'm going to take this money and learn how to, you know, be a better minimalist and do without and make more money by selling what I don't need or what I can do without, things that I can see myself without. Number four is to build a habit and a usual schedule. 
Now this can seem kind of hard, but once you get the ease of it, it's not so bad. So this means adjusting to the, the new uh, life that you've kind of led right now, at least for the time being, until the time passes, uh, whether that means you know having a, a new work site policy in place for masks or something, or maybe in-person meetings. Those are, are sporadic, but you're, you're, you'll get there in, in, in time. And also as the restrictions lift, uh, you're able to also take in that. So build a habit in a usual schedule before that time comes so that it's not as, as abrupt and it's not as a shock to your system when those things do happen. So this means doing things like exercising on a schedule maybe. Maybe once a week, maybe twice a week, maybe uh, after work or you know after being in a, in a Zoom meeting that happens to be about work or maybe on the weekends. You know, that means grocery shopping regularly, maybe um, every two weeks, or maybe you do one big trip at the end of the month. You're keeping that on a schedule so you're not thrown by the wayside when you have to get a, an in-person meeting at Zoom. Um, uh, just before you go grocery shopping, you know, okay, this isn't going to throw me off. I'll just, you know, move my, and alter my time of grocery shopping a little bit later in that same day. It's still by, at the end of the month and I still get my work done and have that meeting and there's no, um, there's no fault there. There's no being thrown off. And also, you know, try and schedule you time, you know, relaxation time. This is also in, um, with building a schedule because sometimes in the day we don't have, um, or we don't, I say, make the time for ourselves. Sometimes we forget that we need to process and, and power down can't do everything even though we may try sometimes we just need to reel it back a little bit more and do a bit more self-care there's nothing selfish about self-care and then when it comes to the habits and in making those known it's really great because you can increase a skill that way you can decrease your fatigue you can you know give your full attention to whatever task you need to and you can also protect um, yourself and others can protect themselves against stressful effects from difficult situations that have built up over time. And then lastly is to have fun in some way, shape, or form if you can during this pandemic. This means, you know, maybe doing some outdoor activities, but in your own space. Uh, maybe you want to take a little jog around the block. Maybe you want to make that a normal thing. Protect yourself, of course. You know, mask up. But maybe you also want to do virtual activities. You know, there are museums. Uh, there are doing, you know, gallery showings. And there are music uh, venues that are doing their thing online. There are tours that you can maybe possibly be a part of. Um, you can check social media because there are always engagements going on, social engagements going on on social media. A lot of stuff is free and it's going to be either, you know, with a Zoom link, a secure or maybe another link, uh, depending on which country you live in. Maybe you don't have Zoom, maybe it's not available. Uh, another alternative link, it's going to be safe for you to do that all at a distance and you can do so from the comfort of your computer or phone. The eco fact of the day is that despite the global slowdown caused by the coronavirus pandemic, the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere hit a record high 
of 417 parts per million in May. That fact was sourced from the Sierra Club Sierra Magazine in the September-October 2020 issue. Here we are at the Eco Company Spotlight. It is a fun time in the Greener Thoughts program where we review amazing environmentally related products and services, some that you may have heard of or maybe haven't heard of, and they're all different across all types of industries and sectors. And I love getting to review them and being a supporter of all these different companies and organizations. And I love doing that and you know sharing that information, but also like telling uh, my story and how I've experienced these products and services, but also you know reviewing them, but also you know letting you know about them and you know getting you to you know maybe see these products in a different way, you know try them, maybe experiment, and hopefully they can change your life and uh, you really enjoy these products. So I've been doing a lot of reviewing of these products, as you know, or maybe if you're new to this program in the segment, uh, then I really hope that you enjoy it. I've been doing it since February 2019, the segment, and it's super fun. I always learn something different about uh, whether the you know company has grown and their product base and also just the ingredients that they use or where their products are located and you know the places that you can buy it. So many things you learn just by looking up a company. And one of the latest companies I want to go ahead and let you know about is called Poo Puri. So Susie Baptiste is the founder of Poopery, and she has created a revolutionary product. With Poopery, you never have to worry about your smelly bathroom business ever again. With simple essential oils from nature, no toxic chemicals, and an array of different scents, you will enjoy the uses for the spray and so will others. With over 60,000 five-star reviews, Poopery knows how to get your bathroom scent uh, better than any uh, scent before um, it was there. So as far as Poopery, it is committed to ensuring sustainability a few different ways. Mainly the fact that it doesn't have any aerosols in it. Uh, it is a simple spray. Uh, also, they have other products too, but uh, namely they don't have any alcohol in their products. No parabens, no thylates, no formaldehyde, no synthetic fragrances at all. They're not even tested on animals. So they're only tested on people, stinky people, stinky humans. And it's made with uh, natural oils that are safe to flush and of course ensure a stink-free guarantee. Now, they have different products, but you'll love the scents that they have because they have a few different scents. They've got Original Citrus, which is my favorite. They have uh, Lavender Vanilla, Vanilla Mint. They've also got uh, Ship Happens. They've got Royal Flush. They've also got uh, scents like Fresh Sea Salt and Wild Poppy Berry and Cherry Blossom Clementine and a few more. They also have gift sets, gift sets, uh, glitter uh, products with their uh, 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 scents too, and they have hand sanitizers. They have refills on the products, which are amazing, and they go a long way. 
They even have shoe spray and deodorizers there and also have wall fixtures and decor uh, for those who you know may want something else. Now I love Poopery uh, mainly because I bought it back in 2014 from Amazon and I, I love that I bought it even more a few years back from like CVS and I bought the uh, citrus kind and uh, I love it because it's completely portable like you don't have to sugarcoat anything like it, it travels with you it's a simple spray bottle they have the refills which are huge and I'll get to the number of sprays that each um, different uh, container volume has but you can take it on trips camping trips school trips work trips whatever you need uh, flights it's safe for flights the, the the smaller containers are definitely not the refills I wouldn't take a refill container uh, on the flight even as a check bag or or anything like that but because it's too big but the the definitely the uh, travel safety uh, size ones are amazing you can use them uh, in school you know bathrooms work a party any bathroom instance ever uh, and if a place has a bathroom you can definitely use uh, this uh, product and you can spray it on the water directly leave it there and then use the bathroom as usual flush as normal and it leaves a fresh scent guaranteed you know if you buy the refills you can keep using the smaller sprayer that you have the bottle it's great it's handheld the refills are huge and they give you a lot of uh, you know variety and scents but also the range of, of what you can use these products is great because um, you get a lot of sprays with every different volume that you can are able to get if you have the mini sprays they're really really tiny there there's 20 sprays that you can get with that then the ones that I have there's the, the few ounces ones that's like a hundred sprays which is great and then there's the refills which has get this 800 sprays yes you can use this for a long time uh, these spray bottles and then uh, also I love the fact that it has recyclable packaging but I don't like that some of the outer packaging with things like their sanitizing wipes it isn't really recyclable like that type of plastic I don't know what it is but it's I'm never able to find it being recycled ever or like any um, similar product there's no way to do that so that's the only the one con I would have uh, the prices do vary with the um, different sprays, but it's all reasonable. And sometimes you can even get bundles and sets, like I mentioned before. Uh, so, you know, you get more for what you pay for. So overall, I do give it a 5 out of 5 green thumbs up because it does so much more. You know, only the, the con would be the packaging, but the recyclable pa packaging when it comes to the sprays is fine because you can use them endlessly, essentially. Now with the poopery, it can be found in store and online. You can check them out on their site, www.poopari.com. That's poo as in P-O-O, P-O-U-R-R-I.com. They're also available on Amazon, uh, also Bed Bath & Beyond stores, Costco, CVS, eBay.com, Kroger, Target, Ulta, and also Walgreens. Poopery is found on the following social media platforms and they have their pages on uh, basically everywhere. They have them on uh, Facebook, they have uh, their page there, Poopery, uh, and it has the little squigglies, um, the little squiggle symbol right in between the poo and in Poopery. So it's Poo Squiggle Puri on Facebook, and then it's Poopery, uh, all one word, all lowercase on Instagram. And then on LinkedIn, it's Pooh Squiggle 
uh, Puri, and then the same thing on Pinterest, Twitter, and also on YouTube too. Now to contact Poopuri, just go to their website again, www.poopuri.com, and then click Contact Us at the bottom of the website to contact them directly. I learned that in this this topic and examining how Brits, how they feel about climate change and the attitudes of different things that they can do to protect the environment and to make sure they're doing their part and to changing their behavior even during this pandemic, they're doing their part. They're doing uh, things actively to, to even still think about the environment, even during a a ghastly and costly and damaging pandemic. They're still thinking about uh, how to, you know, not use uh, more resources uh, during this pandemic to cut things that they don't need, like clothing and shoes, or, you know, think less of taking flights or even public transportation. They're thinking consciously about those things. And I want us to remember those things too, that uh, life is still is ongoing. It still goes on. You know, people still uh, wake up and breathe and, and go to work or stay home and, and they still live their life. You know, a lion still uh, wakes up at the crack of dawn uh, and wants to hunt, you know, and we must also go on in during this time, um, not um, dismissing the fact of, of the damage that's already been done to us um, by the deaths that have happened or um, anything of the sort, but we must press on. And uh, there are so many things that we're going to look back on during this time and examine and, you know, have more lessons learned. But I I, I wanted this episode to focus on, um, you know, not just um, the outside world, but also what we can do inside, you know, how we can take care of ourselves and, and better be equipped um, to the challenges like this, because, you know, there aren't too many, not everyone's been through a pandemic, not too many people have been through recessions, and have been through market crashes, and have had, you know, everything slipped away from them, or maybe, you know, some people are going through this, and they're, they're going to be, you know, all right to some degree, but uh, I think that, and I hope that this episode, um, you know, really instilled that, you know, everything will be okay, at some time. It won't always be this bad. You know, things will get better. You know, don't give up hope. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your family, your friends, your your loved one, your significant other, um, you know, the person who's, you know, looking up to you, maybe you're a parent and you have little ones looking up to you and you can't give up. You have to keep on going. And so I think, you know, this was one of the messages of this episode. And I thank you for listening. As always, I thank you for sharing the episodes of Greener Thoughts. And you know, I see upticks in you know people, the listeners, um, who you know share the episodes, and and some who you know, are listening faithfully. And it makes all the difference, and it warms my heart every time. I can't stop smiling. I'm so grateful and so thankful, and love uh, you all for uh, listening in and you know taking in this, but also sharing the goodness of this and also incorporating these 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 action steps but also the information uh and taking it with you so i hope that i get to do another podcast episode because i will uh upcoming soon but until then as always please take care of yourselves and also please take care of the planet
See you soon.